and welcome to Performance Marketing Unlocked. In this week's episode, we are talking to Sophie Miller, Director at Pretty Little Marketer, a marketing consultancy and agency she started at uni as a struggling student. And she has now become a six-figure marketing mentor to a community of over 400,000. Using LinkedIn as a tool, we are going to find out how she creates communities, some of the tips and secrets to getting the most out of the social platforms and their different algorithms. Plus, you'll be hearing from Sophie on the main stage at our Unlocked event, which is coming up in only a few days now. It is on the 5th and 6th of March, and if you haven't got your ticket already, go get it now. You'll be hearing from the co-op, Coca-Cola, ASOS, and Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO. You do not want to miss it, and you can get your ticket in this episode's description. Hello! And welcome to Performance Marketing Unlocked. In this week's episode, we are joined by the fabulous Sophie Miller. Hello, Sophie, and welcome to the studio. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk social media and marketing with you today. Yeah, we're covering a huge ground of things, community and social platforms and algorithms, as as you said. And we first spoke um, almost a year ago now on the glorious Barbie movie, which came out, which was... uh, pretty exciting when it when it did eventually come out and then you're also going to be speaking at our unlocked event which is only a few weeks away now yeah we're into february now aren't we so spring has sprung almost and very exciting to be joining in real life as well let's begin because you started pretty little marketer at uni as a, as a struggling student and it has now grown to a following of over four hundred thousand. you've worked with unilever grays some amazing brands and I thought the first question I wanted to ask you is if you could work with anyone in the world, who's your dream client? Who's, who's one of the brands that you'd love to work with in that aspect? Oh, my goodness. What a question. I've actually got two answers because I'm very indecisive and I can never pick one. Number one would absolutely be Crocs. Are they? <gasps> they are the coolest in terms of their products, their partnerships, but the way they activate on social media as well, I just think they must have the coolest team so if i could be Mm. one of them that would be a dream and number two you mentioned barbie there and it just rules my heart even eight months six months later after the movie's released i bought it a very overpriced rate on amazon prime and (laughs) all the time now so whether that would be mattel or barbie but i love nostalgic element as a 90s baby of everything that they do and sell but I think especially post movie like the meaning behind what it means to be a Barbie and have a Barbie just speaks to my soul so Crocs would be number one followed by Mattel slash Barbie so if anyone's listening you can get in touch (laughs) (laughs) well that's what that's what we hope you know maybe you never know this will be uh you know connecting you with your with your (laughs) with your next client Hope so, yeah. Barbie, Mattel, Crocs, reach out. Well, let's begin because, so first I'd like you to kind of explain to our listeners what you do, what Pretty Little Market does. Um, But I know that your main focus is about creating communities and connecting with communities. So firstly, introduce PLM to us. But also, could you tell us what are some of the biggest mistakes you see when it comes to building communities? 
Of course, I love community and I, ever since I was a child, I've just had this naive, huge love for people. And it's really interesting looking back at my career and how step by step, I've almost been led to this role in social media and marketing and now being a community founder, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I started PLM in June 2020. I was a second year marketing student. I went to university to solve this big looming question of what am I going to do with my life? Who am I? What is this? <laughs> What's my dream career? Found marketing, went to uni. By the end of year two, I had one year left and was lay on my sofa in a literal spiral. None of my questions had been answered. I hadn't had that light bulb moment of what do I want to do? Who am I? Who is Sophie to the world? And so in typical Gen Z fashion, I suppose, I started an Instagram page. I don't know how or why my thinking went from panic, I'm never going to get a job to Instagram, but <laughs> I the world these days. Um, called it Pretty Little Marketer because and within a month we were a community of a thousand Within six months, there were 8,000 of us on Instagram. I then moved to LinkedIn. Now, present day, there's 400,000 of us, which is absolutely wild. And it started with the sole goal of finding other new junior marketers to connect with myself, selfishly, to find experience and build a network. And over time, realized that there was just a gap, I suppose, especially in the social media marketing space, which is a role that can often be very isolating for people to connect and thus the community was born. I now do multiple things under the PLM umbrella, such as speaking and consulting and coaching. And then part of what I do is growing, managing, nurturing our community online as a business as well. So it's my full-time job, community is weaved in and out of everything that I do. And um, I think the biggest mistake I see when it comes to community, especially with the brands that I work with and speak to, is almost expecting engagement because you've mm. and you think it's a good post, which is an easy trap to fall into. I um, truthfully read back my content sometimes and oh, I'm proud. Oh, it's a good one. People are going to love this. I've done a good job today. But community to me is all about exchange. It's more than just a post that teaches something or you as the curator, the social manager, the marketer find funny. All the great goals to have. I think you always want a connection point and for it to be an open dialogue. I think we switch from a following, like a passive audience to an engaged, loyal community. When you connect around something, first of all, and then you allow others to connect over that thing through interactions. Gymshark being a really good example of how they sell gym clothes and whatnot, but they connect over a love and a shared interest for working out, self-improvement per se as well. So expecting engagement, I think, is the biggest mistake. You have to give to get, and in that to not allowing people to connect with each other as you're expecting them to connect with. It's interesting what you say about expectation, because I guess it's also you know, predictability of communities and, you know, social platforms in general, you, it's really hard to be able to kind of predict what will work, what will connect, what won't. Or, or would you say that's different? Would you say sometimes, you know, you do know what is going to hit or are you taken by surprises and learn from that? 
Oh, absolutely. I think you're not even just playing with people, are you? There's so many other factors at play. I walk and specialize in organic social as well. So um, I posted yesterday on Instagram, actually, and it was a classic example of, oh my goodness, I think this post is great. I poured my soul into it. I was talking about audience understanding and metric wise, which vanity metric is uh, always an interesting topic as well performed half as well in terms of those numbers as previous posts I hadn't loved as much and my expectations and my my heart was hot because it's it's hard sometimes (laughs) isn't it but yeah I think it is really tricky when one people are unpredictable they could have been on their phone at eight o'clock yesterday and seen your post but then today at 8 a.m something might have happened they might have been stuck in traffic they might not be online at the same time there are so many factors at play I think one lesson I've really learned and something I have to remind myself often is that engagement isn't up and down. Mm. You know, the same amount of comments, likes, shares, saves, follows, whatever metric it is you're looking at every day of the week. And normalizing that and feeling comfortable with that, I think is hard, but something I'm really on a passionate mission to do this year. So yeah, anyone else feeling the struggle of those numbers all over the place, you are absolutely not alone. I want to talk a little bit about the different social platforms and algorithms. So, I mean, I know you've you found huge, you know, personal and business success on LinkedIn, which I know a lot of people have. And I think especially um, after X, formerly known as Twitter, has been kind of drifting away from, you know, brands and advertisers. People are going to LinkedIn to kind of, you know, replace that need. So could you give, a, give us a little bit, a bit about how these social platforms differ between each and you know how people can tailor their content towards it I love this question something (laughs) I on about all the time especially with our Instagram community and on my stories Um, and I actually interviewed Anna from Sisters and Seekers I'm not sure if you've seen them on TikTok but they are awesome Um, I chatted with her for a newsletter feature last week and she also stress the huge importance of a they're a b2c brand um of how every platform should do something different it should take a different box and it's really interesting how when you look back and reflect it almost makes sense they're different the audiences are different so your content should be tailored but the amount of i guess one resource time and pressure put on social marketers and social media managers to manage all channels often results in a very copy and paste approach for me yes absolutely i do something different on every platform my business my community my content has one core goal which is to make social media simple that's my mission sentence it's the truth it's the core of my strategy but what that looks like on each platform is going to be different I think the question I would lead with in terms of prompting you guys listening to reflect on how you use each platform is exactly that. How do your users use each platform? What do they expect from it? When are they on it? Why are they on it? TikTok, for example, I'm usually there for entertainment. I'm quite passive on there I'm on there quickly in between calls just to I don't know chew and numb my brain a little bit to the daily responsibilities of being a marketer so I'm on TikTok for entertainment LinkedIn I I expect a longer piece of content I'm ready to learn I'm expecting educational content I'm also looking for connections as well 
Instagram, I find a very personal relationship building space for me. I'm on there for inspiration, whether that be home decor or my spring inspiration for what my capsule wardrobe could look like, whatever that might be. So having a reflection on how I use each app and then diving in deeper on a flip side to how your audience use each app, I find a really good Quite simple starting points, um, hopefully quite a straightforward one to dive into. But yeah, absolutely would recommend a different approach for each platform with the audience in mind. What kind of advice? I mean, this is, you know, something that all brands feel. I mean, I know it's something that we felt as, you know, when we were a launch brand. You, There's so many platforms and there's ones where you know your audience are, but then you think, oh, TikTok. Okay, let's create a TikTok account and try and be there. What advice would you give to brands when they're thinking, I want to be across all the platforms, or should I focus my quality content on a few? How do you strike that balance? Yeah, I, less is more, isn't it, for me? I um, I started our PLM TikTok account in 2021 I think it was I actually didn't download TikTok until the end of 2020 because I was like no I'm too cool for that I was one of those too cool (laughs) for the kids and now my daily TikTok screen time is like ridiculous and um, I I joined TikTok in 2021 and it was my new year's resolution to post every day of the year Um, now obviously we're in 2024 and if anyone runs up the PLM TikTok you will see that they're absolutely didn't happen and um for me when I approach my multi-platform social media strategy I want each platform to do a different thing so I started on Instagram six-ish months later moved to LinkedIn the reason I moved to LinkedIn is because Instagram was no longer ticking all of my boxes growth and community were great but my goal shifted to one, wanting PLM to be a place for professionals to network. I wanted to be in front of people in my industry. And also I wanted a place that would perhaps make reach easier because Instagram was changing at the time. So making sure that each platform does something different for you. Instagram, nurture, community, maybe an easier place to plop your sales funnel through your content. LinkedIn, maybe that's the place for your brand awareness, for your reach, or maybe TikTok might do that for you too. So first step for me is figuring out which platform is going to do which things. And number two is considering you and that approach as well. I'm really still four years in, not confident on video. I'd much rather write it up as a LinkedIn post. And so making sure that I'm building an approach that works for me, my resources, or your team as well, I think is important. And whilst we often pin TikTok as the pinnacle of brand awareness and virality, and if we can just crack TikTok, everything will be solved. I think there are other platforms that could potentially do that for you. So being really cautious in that approach, measuring your resources too, I think is really important. It's interesting what you say about about TikTok then. Would you go as far to say it was slightly overrated or unnecessary for some brands? Or would you just say that if it if it doesn't fit, don't bother? Good question. I know how diehard people are. (laughs) It's the the new thing, isn't it? Everyone wants to get on TikTok. Absolutely. But equally, I guess, as a marketer, as a content creator, I'm a team of one. So I do everything for my business. I know how tricky it can be to approach TikTok. So I guess my question would be, why? Why do you want to be on TikTok? And if only TikTok can solve that hole, 
go for it. But if there are other options that might work better for your audience, your resources, your time, your approach, then that's worth considering. For example, TikTok for me would be the place for reach and brand awareness. Virality, you know, is is shiny. I want a bit of that. I want a piece of the pie too. Um, Being known, hopefully, to people in my industry or a broader audience. So those would be my TikTok goals. But for me, I feel Instagram or LinkedIn could do either of those just as well. So I guess it's about setting that direction. What do we want to achieve? And is TikTok the perfect place to do that? So not necessarily overrated because I don't want to upset. I do think other platforms, I don't know, they take a back burner on the conversation because they're not as shiny or Mm -hmm. popular. So don't sleep on the other options, I would say. We interrupt this podcast to deliver an important message for media people from media people. We are the Media Week podcast. Four faces in the weeds of the media world come together to provide you with a digestible summary of industry updates and media bants. Each episode, Jack from Craft, Buki from Wavemaker, Charlie from Show Heroes, and me, Harriet from Publicis, chat all things from social, out of home, programmatic, and more. Tune in to wherever you get your podcasts to hear what's hot, what's not, and our opinions on navigating the industry. talk a little bit about paid content versus organic content and how you work around and balance the two love this question it's always a fun one I am an organic girly through and through I've actually never done paid marketing paid social media advertising for my business aside from about five pounds that I wasted on LinkedIn ads trying to figure out how it works my paid marketers out there, I salute you. I don't know. It just, I'm so new to it. It makes no sense to me. Um, so I, everything I do, all of the numbers you see are across PLM channels are completely organic. Aside from a great tool to sell, I do see paid as, I guess, a content life cycle pillar for brand awareness, increased impressions. And it's my goal, I guess, to find a workaround to that, to do it organically. And uh, there are two ways that I kind of press into doing so. I'm definitely going to give up at some point and find someone to manage my paid ads for me because learning it myself is clearly not working. So anyone out there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're on the right podcast, it being a performance marketing podcast. But but it's so interesting to hear why why paid just just didn't work for you. Do you think it was because you could find the same success organically or was it just a not delivering at all? Do you know, could we dig into that? Yes, I think very unexcitingly, the problem is simply just me. (laughs) I'm a team of one. And I, um, when I started PLM, it was all organic. Everything I've done through our community has very much been a test. Oh, this works. Let's follow this route or or this doesn't work. Let's strike that out. And really uh, just one big experiment of what people interact with, what drives growth, what can get me the most reach. And I found that to be an easier approach whilst running a business than trying to take any courses or experiment with paid marketing. However, an approach that I would love to incorporate at some point, because I think the two together, organic and marketing, can just amplify your efforts even more. There are two 
not two things I do, I guess, to drive growth that don't necessarily replace where paid would be in your strategy, but sit in that brand awareness, increased impressions bucket, which is having a think about how you can create advocates. So again, going back to that passion and thought on community, how can you create content or a feeling or a social media space that people want to be a part of and they want to tell their friends about? You know, when you see an awesome article or a TikTok and you send it to a friend because it resonates, how can you do that? And on that note as well, shareable content is something that I have a lot of fun with. Not something every brand can do, but quotes, memes, top level, silly, funny content is something I'm really trialing on our PLM LinkedIn page at the moment and see how that drives organic growth. So having a think about how you can do that through people rather than page, I think is a is a challenge and a really interesting one to think on. I mean, I, I'm obviously a follower. I'm a connection of yours on LinkedIn. And I love the uh, the posts that you do for British Marketer. They're really good at explaining what's going on, giving a good breakdown. And because of that, I want to use your pretty little marketer future gazing ball and have have a look into the future of social media marketing and what can brands and marketers and users as well expect for the a few i mean years to head can we predict that far <laughs> yes and no i feel like it all changes so quickly doesn't it and it was just this week or last week i saw a post from matt navarra who's an industry insider he's awesome he's so wonderful great one to follow on threads and linkedin if you don't already he shared the news about tiktok leaning into one 30 minute videos they're testing and the second test that i've seen someone share on tiktok at the moment is horizontal videos being pushed and how wild that three weeks ago i was plotting and planning my my portrait video approach to TikTok and YouTube Shorts and you blink and it changes. But there are three things I guess I'm thinking about for this year and beyond in my marketing strategy, my social media strategy, and also how I work with my clients. Number one is that I've seen many predictions about how we are going to see less engagement on social media. I think that we are entering this era and I called it on, um, I did a LinkedIn predictions post. I think I called it like the selfish scroller or picky scrollers and how we want reason and connection. And going back to that thought of we can't just expect engagement anymore. We have to prompt and resonate a response in order for someone to give that to us. I think consumers or social media users are becoming increasingly aware of the power that they have and where they place that interest has a real world impact. So I think we're going to see less engagement and pickier scrollers, which not the most, not the most exciting prediction. Um, I think we're going to see a higher demand for unique value propositions. I saw a lot of TikToks, especially over the new year period, about digital detoxes, 2024 being the year that they spend less time online, they're culling who they follow, they're being more intentional. So if you really want to stand out in your space, you really do have to offer something different to every other marketer on LinkedIn 
every other fashion influencer, lifestyle influencer on the Reels tab or on TikTok. So really having to think about those connection points and what is it that you do, say, act, offer that no one else does. And the final one, something I'm really excited about, I've been seeing a lot on LinkedIn at the moment, is URL taking IRL. So in-person takeaways, physical activations. I know that Jacumus have done a lot of this over the years. I think they're a great example of how they they have the same feeling online and offline and how you experience them is the same. And I love how they bring that to life in their activations, in their stores, seeing a lot of pop-ups, um, individual events and how brands and creators, I suppose, are connecting with their audience, not just through likes and comments, but creating in-person events and spaces as well, just like our conference coming up in March. We had this word fidgetal, which is, you know, for the merging of the physical and the digital worlds where we talk about how brands will connect the online and the offline. It's something we talk about all the time. I think 2024 is going to be a really exciting year for that. We had uh, Richard Hammond on the podcast only a few weeks ago talking about Drive Tribe and that was, you know, a YouTube platform that's now gone into live events. And I think that's what people want. They want to be able to access it easily, like they can online, but also be able to physically connect with brands and people. So, digital worlds, for sure. I love it. Well, then, we have almost come to the end of the podcast, and it is time for the PNW Resell Me a Pen Challenge. You look quite excited for this, which is odd because most <laughs> guests hate it. <laughs> So this uh, this challenge is where we challenge our guests to resell an outdated or old-fashioned object that has been replaced with a newer technology. And they have to remarket it to today's world and to today's audience. And your item was chosen by our previous guests, Yarmila Yu and Kate Burnett from the DMA. And they have given you a postcard. How are you feeling about your challenge? I, you know, I think it's because of the item. I love postcards. I collected them as a kid. I loved sending them home when I went on my little Cornwall and exotic British holidays. So I don't know, like the baby nostalgia in me. I'm excited. I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Brilliant. Okay. Well, when you are ready, resell me the postcard. Okay, so I'm calling this plan on my pitch, forget digital fatigue and ignite physical intrigue. I don't know about you, but every time my inbox pings, my eyes roll. It's another thing on the to-do list, and it's a double eye roll if my day is interrupted by spam or a cold email. My inbox is not a place I enjoy. I think many relate. So how do we make messaging fun again? How do we create a tangible experience our brand getting in touch obviously with a postcard pinpointing ideal recipients sending them something special from the heart we take it off digital and we give them a human sparkle add a nostalgic element for a prod in the heart an extra connection perhaps a qr code for a trackable element it's personal beats the noise and i can imagine it being super shareable on tiktok feeds too Oh, with four seconds to spare. That was brilliant. We did it. That was, I was so impressed with that. I love the QR code element. That is a winner. That actually harks back to our very first episode of the podcast where we challenged our editor, Robin Langford, to resell, I think it was a cassette tape. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he, he placed QR codes on them 
Um, uh, so you can, you know, I think it was around Valentine's Day, so you could send your your loved one mm-hmm. a um, a mixtape that you could also download digitally. Oh, that's you. You've got to have a mix of both, you know. It's like you said, uh, in in real life, URL there, it's all together now. Brilliant. Well, it's so relevant. I'm 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 excited to say that you have resold the podcast to today's audience. We are making postcards cool again. That is my new pretty little postcard. Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. It's coming back. <laughs> well, Sophie, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It was brilliant to hear hear your advice and your expertise that you would give your clients and your community and hearing more about what Pretty Little Marketer is all about. And we look forward to seeing you at Unlocked with Grace Andrews from Diary of the CEO. So see you in March. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. As always, don't forget to follow us. You'll be the first to know when the next episode comes out. And leave us a review. Tell us what you think. And head to performancemarketingworld.com to subscribe to all of our performance marketing content. Well, the next time I will be seeing you will be at the Unlocked event itself. And we will have a podcast coming out straight after that with some of our top sessions of the whole two days. So we will see you then. Thanks for listening and goodbye.